Um, I should remember I told you I, I couldn't think of the guy's kid's name last night. The, the kid that went to Silicon Valley and then got the government contract. I, uh, it's um, Christian Bailey is the way he changed his name to. Christian Bailey. And I guess that some of the statistics a little skewed, but he did it when he was 23. He didn't get a contract for 240 million. He got a contract for 120 million. And uh, and he started investing in spinouts from Harvard and MIT. But he, he did, unlike most people that come to, he did exactly what the fuck I told him to do. He was 23. So that makes him now 23, 30, he's 36 now. He's an old man. He's an old man. He's over the hill, past his prime. Um, the, um, the movie last night, what were the, 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 the takeaways? From the movie, from anybody. Never give up, because you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I see people now. This is my 20th year. And some have different, not some, you all have different thresholds of pain. Some have high threshold, like, like me. I don't feel it. Uh, hardly at all. That's why when I was little, I used to go to the dentist with that Novocaine, and uh, I guess, I, I don't know that for a fact, but now I'm thinking back, I think, and when I, I get hit by a car and various other things. I remember also when I was little, about six, seven, my own father wasn't, well, it's not his fault. We used to have an old Willys, and old Willys is a car that had um, a Jeep uh, used to make, and it had like fenders fenders on it, you know, not fenders, but sideboards used to be able to stand on. And there was a piece of the chrome of the sideboard that was coming off. So I was at the window with my dad saying, how come I can't go, how come I can't go? And he's telling me, get away from the car, get away from the car. And he backs up and the chrome thing um, that was sticking out of the sideboard went right through my leg here and out here. And so I'm stuck to the car. Maybe that's why this knee's all fucked up now, you know? Could be, you know, why, why I've got, my arthritis is worse in my left knee than my right knee. And so I'm screaming, you know, I'm kind of screaming, but I was screaming before I got hurt, so he just thought I was screaming. He didn't know that my knee was stuck to the car, and so my mother comes out and she's screaming. But I, uh, I didn't really cry too much. I was just kind of more upset because he wasn't taking me where he was going. But we all have varying degrees <clears throat> a pain that we accept, and you know, it's uh, not just a physiological thing, that, but uh, it is partially that, but most of it is emotional, because what's our perception of pain, what's our perception of giving up, and as Freud said earlier on in one of the slides, that we can justify in our own mind almost anything. No matter how, what up, no matter, and that's what we do as kids. When you think about some of the things you did as a kid, and how fucked up it was, and how immature, and how irrational, etc., etc., seemed like a good thing at the time. Like when I was running across trestles trying to outrun trains. Seemed like a good thing at the time. 
never occurred to me a train could run over me. Um, although I knew if I jumped off the trestle, it's not likely I was going to survive a 150, 180 foot drop to the stones. But then again, I thought, you know, shit, I jumped out of cars and nothing happened, so. But never give up. Because you never know. One of the movies I like is another movie that was an HBO movie that was made uh, a number of years ago about the guy that gets caught. He's hiking and his arm gets caught under a boulder and he has to cut his own arm off to survive. Um, that seems pretty tough. Uh, and I'm not so sure I could cut my arm off. I think I would have waited a little longer uh, before he cut his arm off. And if I remember correctly, in the movie, a few hours later somebody showed up. So, but they say Woody would have died, Woody have died if he hadn't cut his own arm off. Well, he almost died cutting his own arm off, as it turned out, because he almost bled to death. Um, but each one of you has a different level. And as I go through these, and as we go through the 12 months that I'll directly interface with you, I'll see changes in each and every one, one of you. I'll see uh, how strong your emotional bank accounts are. Uh, we all have some emotional bank account. Some of you, uh, not you, when I say you and me collectively, the people that have attended the seminar, don't have much of an emotional bank account. And uh, st strangely enough, though, women are more prone to cry than men. Uh, their emotional bank accounts are normally stronger. Uh, always been normally. Um, so, you've seen three different things on television. You've seen that. You've seen the clip from Discovery Channel on fear. And you've seen Too Big to Fail. And uh, you've seen how people react under emotional stress. And uh, the kind of stress that those guys in the movie experience is beyond just being tense or anxious. I mean, it's, you know, it's heavy-duty stuff. And uh, while I'm not going to be able to train you like a SEAL, and even the SEAL team training isn't as tough as it used to be. We used to, years ago, back in the mid-90s, we had you climb down from the uh, embattlements on ropes. A lot of people didn't want to do that. We used to have you stand, like in the team building bullshit, where you stand on these poles, they're 40 feet in the air and the pole's about this big around. A lot of people didn't want to do that. Didn't matter how many fucking nets we had and wired up, you know. Nah, I don't know. A lot of people wanted to do that. And that was before I thought of filming all this shit and taping it. That was, you know, I don't know why I didn't. I should have, though. Because we could have some real laughs. It wasn't funny to the people that it was happening to, believe me. Um, and, uh... It just, uh... It's just, it's just, it's a level, it's another level of tension. And couple that with, a, you know, a number of people, uh, quite a big percentage, you have a fear of heights. I didn't really realize that. And I'm not talking about the heights, like when I'm going across the deal that I did recently like this. Uh, because I never looked down. I just prayed that I knew how to put one foot in, the, in front of the other. You know, I never looked down and I just looked away. And one of the things I said in the 93, the 97 tape, I can't remember which, talking about comfort zone, if we had a 2x12, two 2x12 two is what you use in construction, which you see scaffolding made out of it, it's about, about that wide, 
about that big. And you see them scaffolding on the sides of the building. If I put it on the ground here, 20 foot 2 by 12, and I said there's $1,000 bills all day long, we could walk back and forth, pick up $1,000 bills. No issue. If we put it up 10 stories high, some of you could still go like this, and if you couldn't walk, you'd crawl to get the $1,000 bills, especially the gypsies. Okay? You put it up 50 stories high. $1,000, you know, the I'm not sure. You put it up 100 stories, not many people are going to do it. Um, and as I said in the tape, you, you put your grandson or your son or your daughter across and somebody's pouring gasoline on them and you, a lot of people, especially the moms, would struggle somehow to get across that even if it was 50 stories high. You put your spouse, throw gasoline on the old bitch, torture! Just like you had a chance to see your business going down the river. Torture! I've been waiting 28 years for this. Well, Gates and those guys are walking 50, 100 stories up. You know, I'm walking 20 stories up. But most people keep in the dugout. They keep in the cellar of life. They never even get, they come up with a reason. Well, if I'm on, even on the ground, if I'm walking like this, I could trip, I could fall, I could get my high heels caught. They come up with reasons not to do it. Because as Freud said again, we can justify almost anything in our own minds. And um, the seminar, when I opened up, I said, remember, we're going to go through a lot of material. And I said, everything you should think in relation to how does this affect me and how can I take direct action? No matter what we've talked about, how does it affect me and how can I take direct action? How does it affect me and how can I take direct action? So every one of the almost 1,200 slides, how does it affect me and how can I take direct action? Not, well, am I emotionally set up to do this? Should I tell my parents this? Should I tell my spouse this? Now, we used to encourage people bringing their spouses even if they were not in the business. They don't do that anymore. Um, we don't do it anymore because the, if the spouse isn't directly related to the business and doesn't understand the actual interactions and the decision-making process on a day-to-day -day basis, the spouse, whether it's a man or a woman, and it's always, always, almost always a woman, knows that childbearing is tough and they already know some things that guys don't know. And so we don't encourage it like we used to. Uh, and uh, the, uh, although we have had women come up um, and not attend the seminar and just meet us for dinner and go shopping and go to, you know, Glom's Castle, etc., and that's all right, and they make it a social event. But your business isn't a social event, and life's not a social event, and I'm not suggesting you, you shouldn't enjoy life, but I am suggesting, and I've given you many, many illustrations of the commitment that it takes. Now, we're going to go through this later. But this guy, uh, Christian Bailey, made a lot of money, and he's a young guy. But he just up and left and moved to Silicon Valley, dropped everything, dropped his girlfriend, dropped his family, he now lives outside of Boston, uh, and uh, you know, he made some mistakes, but he still got success. He's an English kid, 
changed his name, like I suggested. Uh, and that, of course, people argue, well, he was just a kid. He had no responsibilities. He had no debt, mortgage, etc., car payments. He had nothing. So we justify away what he did. He wasn't 43 with three kids in Bavaria, yada, yada, bullshit, bullshit. And if he was 43, we justify, well, he doesn't have as many responsibilities as I do. He doesn't have nagging fucking kids or a daughter who just got knocked up when she's eight years old. We justify that, too. So no matter if this kid was 23, 33, or 108, there'd be people that justify why he was able to do that and I'm not able to do that. And every day you're in business, you do the same thing. Every day in life, you look at a beautiful woman, if you're a woman, oh, I could never look like that. I got saddlebags, I got this, I got saddlebags, you know, fat that women have here, saddlebags. If you're a guy, well, I, well, I don't particularly think Brad Pitt's good looking, but I could never be Brad Pitt. I could never marry somebody like um, Angeli because of our self-esteem. Okay? Any questions? No questions? Okay.